capitalists. We're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business, and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. I'm Ron Baker, along with my good friend and Bear SAGE Institute colleague, Ed Kless. On today's show, folks, <laughs> well, Ed, <laughs> we're supposed to have Rory Sutherland. I know. He's not here I yet. I know. He's not here yet. Hopefully, he'll, he'll join us at some point, but, uh, you know, pros play hurt, Ron. Close, pray, hurt, so we'll go way through it. What's we'll, that Italian word? Sprezzatura. Uh, yeah, sprezzatura. There you go. Sprezzatura. That's what we're going to have to do. Well, uh, boy, we could talk about all sorts of things, Ed, but I'm sure you, like me, have been marinating in Rory's book, Alchemy, all morning. I have been. <laughs> yes, I have been all morning and actually reviewed our previous show and wanted to make sure that we didn't cover material. But it, it was it was funny to listen back to that interview. Of yes, it was. It was a couple things. It was one before you and I had divided up the duties of like 50 Correct. Minutes, right? On, off, on, off. So yep. we were both trying to interview him at the same time, which didn't work. And then the he... He just, he is just a font of ideas, right? He just is, is absolutely this, this flowing of, of one thing to the next and thinking about this and making sub side points and tangents and sidebar conversations with himself. And you're always trying to think, well, is he going to get back to where we have a logical breaking point? And, you, and then at a certain point, we're just like, all right, we got to go to commercial. <laughs> I know we couldn't even, we couldn't interrupt him. It was really hard to break in. He wouldn't take a breath to pause it was great yeah yeah but but wow what a, a, a great show and there's even some nascent ideas that became i think some stories in his book alchemy that he was sharing with us for or actually five years ago close to five years ago which yeah. i think is really neat that we we saw the evolution of his thinking on that going back and listening to that show and then coming and reading the book alchemy you're like oh yeah i can see where he was he was starting to think along these lines and codified it in the book. Well, yeah, you can see that when you watch his TED talks too, and various videos of his, you can see the different exists. You know, it might be the same example he uses, but he's got a different way of telling the story or a different angle. Yep, exactly. So, Ron, to, to jump in and do this, I mean, one of the things we might want to do is is just take his rules of alchemy and just go through them and, and see if there's anything that you and I want to comment on. That might be a good first segment because I don't I think if we get him on, we will end up, you know, not having to go, go through that material again. Right, right. Yeah, so, I wasn't actually going to go through the his 10 rules or 11 rules, whatever it is with him, maybe just hit one or two of them. But yeah, it'd probably be a good idea if we went through them all that way. We won't have to. Okay. So, so let's start out. I, I, you know, the first one I just think is, well, they're all brilliant. So I, I should, I will not say that because then I'll just re be repeating myself over and over again to say this is brilliant. But the, fir the first one is the opposite of a good idea can also be a good idea. Right. <laughs> yep. Doesn't have to be a bad idea. <laughs> right. 
And I think that is so crucial for so many people to understand in business that it, it, it's not binary, right? Business, businesses, this just is a mantra that we have talked about. Businesses art, not science. You know, the Leonardo's Mona Lisa as opposed to Leonardo's Last Supper as opposed to Pieta are different from one another, but it doesn't mean that one was a good idea and one was a bad idea. Right. And in business, like art, that's, I think, the way that we should perceive things. That sometimes the opposite of this idea is also another good idea. And it's actually the middle that might not work, right? right. That, that, that stayed middle thinking, middle ground thinking in the middle of the road, that's where you perceive, perceive to be safest. That's uh, not going not gonna to fl- always fly, right? And one of the examples I think he uses in the book is, is you know, the, the, you know, if you walk into a, uh, a meeting and say, hey, we need to decrease our price and you have some spreadsheets that are going to prove this, it's much more likely that that's going to be taken than if you came in and said, I think we need more ducks in our advertising. Right. <laughs> it, yes, it's easier to make a logical, it's easier to make a logical mistake or, you know, than it is to be uh, creative, but weird. Right, right. And those, are, those are, that's an example of, well, those are two things that could both be good ideas. They're not opposites of each other. So I think in business, we have this false dichotomy thinking that ideas have opposites from one another. Right, right. right. Um, and of course, the other example of this, which I, I really did want to ask him about and st- still will, is the story of the theater tickets, which to me is just the, one of the most incredible stories in the, in the book. You know, he had, they had this, uh, uh, I think it was a friend of his that was working at a theater in London and they did, they test marketed the following things. They sent out uh, a, uh, uh, an email with discounted tickets. And what yep. she notices the demand went down, down. Yeah. Right. Demand goes down. They sent out the email saying, you know, 10% off this week's show. And that when they did, did the sample where they, they sent out just, hey, reminder, and the show is at full price, right? It actually increased demand, right? And more people took it. So it's just very bizarre to me, right, that, that we would have that kind of situation, and and that's a great example too. I think he he diagnosed the reason for that disparity was because look, you know, if you're going to spend a night out at the theater and you're going to get a babysitter and maybe go out to dinner, it's going to be expensive night by the time you pay for parking and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you don't want to see a crappy play when you'll sit there and go, well, gee, we could have stayed home and watched TV for free. But the most amazing thing in this was is that her bosses insisted on her sending out the email for the discounted tickets, even though she said, "This is gonna, we're gonna sell fewer tickets at a lower price." At a lower price, you got to send it out anyway. Yep, yep. Because (laughs) the 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 logic is, yeah. You know what he said? I just love what he said. Um, You know, we talk about Tim Williams um, talks about uh, you know magic work and logic work, and we've been using that distinction for a long time and i just love what he says logic kills off magic yep there's no better way to say it there's no i mean that's that that runs through the effing debate it runs through the materialist spiritual distinction it runs through a lot of things yeah yeah so true. All right. Well, that's that's number one. So the opposite of a good idea can also be a good idea. Number two on the list is don't design for average. <laughs> yes. 
And he talks, the example that I, I can remember from the book is he said, if, we, if, we, if you try to design something for the average human body or the average human hand, it won't work because the average human hand is not the typical human hand. Right. Right. Wasn't his example a pilot seat or something yes. in, a, in a cockpit? Um, and, they, you know, the average pilot height and all of that. And it just didn't fit anybody really well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because again, don't, we can't design stuff for average. We have to design stuff around the extremes. You know, no greater example, of course, than the iPhone. Right. I think you have yeah. to come to that. I mean, and, and I think he taught, says in the book that, you know, the iPhone was designed by a maniacal crazy person, you know, to, to, to be the, the, the simplest thing that it possibly can be. It was designed around simplicity and ease of use and th that, it completely changed the way that we we look at things, right? It's, it's hard to remember before iPhones, really is before the whole smartphone thing. Really, yeah. And and I also found it interesting, Ed. And this was in the the end notes in the back of the book when, you, but he talked about Steve Jobs had that phobia. I forget the the word for it, the fear of buttons. Mm, yep. yep. And, he and Rory's got it too. He said though though a milder case of it, where he doesn't like to wear, um, you know, clothing with with buttons unless they're really sewn on well or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, that was, I guess, part of, um, jobs logic. He, you know, he only wanted one button on the iPhone or something. Mm -hmm. Ultimately. Wonder, yeah. Yeah. But, well, good stuff. Yeah, no, yeah. Everyone. And th these are Rory's rules for alchemy that we're going through. And there's 11 of them. And, um, what I love about it is the book is just to, divided into these short chapters and he kind of explains the logic behind these rules, you know, with just tons of different examples. I mm -hmm. mean, there's so many, I just can't, you know, I, I, I've got pages and notes and I didn't even scratch the surface right. of what right. he well, talked about. Sure. And let, well, let's take on the third one before we get to the break. And that, and that is it, it doesn't pay to be logical if everyone else is being logical. I, you know, and th this, this has got to be one of my favorite because, you know, one of his arguments that ties into this is most businesses are run by conventional logic, right? Supply chain, efficiency, cost cutting, all of those things. He says, marketing is the one area that doesn't work this way. There's mm -hmm. no such thing as best practice in marketing. That's another way of saying, I think that the opposite of a good idea is another good idea, right? I mean, um, yes. Because if there's no best practice, that means there's not one way to do something. This was a trap that Frederick Taylor put people into, the one best way to whatever, right? Run an assembly line or organize a shop or whatever. Um, but then he equates marketing to military strategy. And the last thing you can do in military strategy is be predictable. Right. Because that will only get you where, to where your competitors are going to be. And they'll, they're all, they'll already know it. Because they're probably right. doing the same thing. Yep. Doesn't and, he and cite I, the great scene in airplane, right? Where with the where, where the you know the <laughs> should we should we turn on the flood <laughs> the flood, floodlights? Yes. You know, to yes. get the runway lights. No, that's exactly what they're expecting us to do. It was yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and, and then you know, he, and I love this that I'd never seen this before. He quotes Niels Bohr, who said to Einstein, "You're not thinking; you are merely being logical." Brilliant. Think about that for a minute. Absorb yeah. that. That that is a phenomenal statement. Just because you're logical doesn't necessarily mean you're thinking. 
Yeah. I mean, thinking is creativity, it's imagination, all of those things. Yeah, truly great stuff. All right. Well, Ron, this is going to fly by because this is just such an insightful book. Perhaps, probably right now, my number one book of the year thus far. So we'll we'll have to, we have to see. We got some time to to get through. We still have a couple of months, but right now, my number one book. But we want to remind you that you can talk to Ron or me by sending us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the Patreon site is now up for those of you who want bonus episodes as well as the uninterrupted commercial free versions of our show. But those of you listening along right now, now, a word from our sponsor. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're here. We're supposed to be with Rory Sutherland, but for some reason, he didn't make it. So Ed and I are talking about his wonderful book, so far Ed's favorite book of the year, uh, yeah, I, I I would have to say the same, Ed. I think it uh, definitely so far. It's certainly the most mind bending. <laughs> yes. Um, yep. And and just in, and and thoroughly enjoyable read. I mean, even going through it again today, I was just cracking up at some of his lines. Oh um, gosh, there there were several times because I read a lot of this on the plane. You know, that's where I do a lot, fairly a good substantial number of my reading, and I'm pretty sure that like a couple of my seat seatmates were ready to have me checked into an insane asylum. I, I know. I was. I was <laughs> because, telling, uh, yeah, I, I was telling Tim Williams about it because he just bought the book. I said, "Just Tim, don't read it on an airplane because uh, <laughs> your seatmates will think you've lost your mind." Yeah. Yeah. Well, just back to that number three uh, of Rory's uh, rules of alchemy. Uh, it doesn't pay to be logical of everyone else is being logical. He, I love this, Ed. He says, a spreadsheet leaves no room for miracles. That's another I, in, I, insightful I, line. And, and, and I love this, too. Engineering doesn't allow for magic. Psychology does. But then he says, of course, you know, a business case has to be logical and measurable. 
you have to put reason first, discovery later. And that's your theater ticket example, right? Even though we're going to sell less tickets to the lower price, we'll do it anyway because that's what because that's what logic tells us, whether it's economic right. logic or whatever. And it just, you know, I was going to ask him about that whole that whole section or that whole rule. This alchemy is a tough sale to traditional business people. Oh it's a yeah, tough sale. I mean, it's it. This is this is very similar to telling a firm to get rid of its timesheet. Mm-hmm. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, and 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 of course, we had a, another Rory acolyte on uh, our show when, when we did the, the show on on, on uh, how to buy a gorilla, right? Right. Right. Yeah. He used to work with Rory, Dave uh, Melky. Uh, Mikey. Oh, I forget his yeah Melky last yep. name. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, the, the, talking about the infamous Cadbury ad with the Phil Collins thing and the gorilla, and you know, like right. that, if if that fails, you, you're fired, right? Yeah. If it right. were an if it were an ad featuring chocolate flowing, being stirred, poured into bars, kids running around on Easter, or whatever, and the, the ad failed, well, you're probably not fired. But exactly, you know. Yeah, what's the, I've got it in here somewhere. He's got a great line about that. It's 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 easier to be fired for, you know. I, I'll, I'll find it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll find that yeah. line. It's a great line. Yeah. <clears throat> well, number four on the list is the nature of our attention affects the nature of our experience, and this is perhaps the one that I, for for me, Ron, is the, is the most difficult to to talk through and explain. You know, a lot, a lot of these others are are very pithy and quippy, and okay, you can c- come with the quick examples. But what I have to go back to is some of the things that I was learning from, remember the, I had this obsession with this guy, Donald Hoffman. Yeah. Who is, is talking about this notion that, that we are, we are consciousness. actually consciousness, right? Yeah. Right. And you know, one of the things that his book that he talks about, cause his first book was not about consciousness. It was just a, about the ways that we perceive things. Right. And it's mostly about drawings and stuff. And there, there's one drawing in there and I'll try to, we'll, we'll, I'll try to get a picture of it so we can put it in the show notes that what is so fascinating about it is that you, our human eye has to see it in three dimensions. Do you ever see some of these things where you can shift and you can see things that, you know, you can see two different things in the picture. Yes. Go back yes. yes. Forth, like the old lady and the young girl. Yeah, right. It, yep. Yep. And you'll see, you'll see one initially and then the, you see the other, but usually you can shift back and forth. Right. And there are, there are some figures in this book where you can do the same thing where you can shift back and forth between seeing it two different ways. Right. The, the common ones like the cube that you can see one part in front of the other. And then you can see, oh, no, the, 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 the top is closest to you. Oh, no, the bottom is closest to you and then shift it back and forth. But there's there's one figure in this book that when you look at it, you can't see it in two dimensions, even though you can go touch the figure and say, OK, this is clearly just two dimensions on right. this. But right. My eyesight is displaying this and it looks three dimensional. Right. Right. And it, and I think that's that's a, it was it's not in Rory's book, but that's that's what I think he's trying to get at. This nature of our, of our attention affects the nature of our experience, where we focus on, where where our eyes are drawn, where our minds are drawn to certain things, has a dramatic effect on the 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 experience that we feel in the, any given situation. And I think this is where the you know the CFO types l- lose credibility with me in in some cases because they they don't believe that, right. right. And, and, and it's even just 
mundane. I mean, what we focus on does matter. And it's, I mean, it's part, it's partly wrapped up in the placebo effect, right? Because now right. your, your, your body's focusing on healing or whatever, but even just something like the psychological innovation of Uber, you know, exactly where your driver is. You're watching them as they, you know, come to your location. Um, the sign that tells you how long it's going to be for the next train. Right. Yep. The, 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 I mean, it's those types of that. That's, I think, part of what he's talking about here as well. Mm-hmm. Right. If you get them to focus on the right thing, you can change the experience. And that's powerful as all get out. It has nothing to do with logic or numbers. Nothing. Yep. He gives the example of showing up in a, in a plane gate where he where the where the pilot finally said, hey, listen, the way what's going to happen here is we're going to bus you to where your bags are. Yeah, I've got good news and bad news, he says. Right. Right. The, the yeah. bad news is we we don't we don't have a gate. The good news is we're going to have a bus take you directly to where your bags are going to be delivered. Right. Right. And he said that was the most brilliant and insightful thing because if he had just done what most of them do, we say, "Hey, we don't have a gate. We're going to bus you to the terminal." What do you feel? You're like, "Oh, oh yeah, what a yeah, I hate <laughs> that." You know, yeah, you'd be sitting there commiserating with your seatmate. You know, oh, what a pain in the butt. You know, why you can't know, they I hate get flying this, right? this airline, but I have yeah. to because I got like miles with them. Right? Exactly. Exactly. No, it's so true. And there's there's just so many. There's other very you know, subtle examples. I can't think of them all, but just even just the way things are expressed, it could even be numerically, you know, 3% fat versus, you know, 97% fat free or whatever, you know, right. That can change your focus and change your perception completely and, and what you're willing to pay for something. Yep. Yep. Toward that end, number, number five on the list is, and this is probably the funniest one. A flower is simply a weed with an advertising budget. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I love that. This is such a great line, such a great line. And, and I just, I just love how he constantly brings up the point that marketing is so underrated by the, the finance types and the spreadsheets and, and, and economists. Mm-hmm. And if it be in the economist world, the brand is really ridiculous to invest money in. But in the it does he talk world, about the the one economist who 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 gets just like flat out angry with him when he <laughs> he, he he puts forth this notion that you know hey uh, I increased we 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 t- we did test market this and we increased the price and and the and the the the, the sales went up is it, yeah yeah he yeah there is a story <laughs> in there about that um, and and you know and this could be number this could be number four and four and five too but. Uh, because of 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 our attention, you know, affects the nature of our experience. But this is also an example of great advertising. And I love this story. And I think it was Jay Walter Thompson who gave uh, potential ad copy employees, you know, in the hiring process, he'd put two quarters side by side and say, "Sell these, mm-hmm. sell the one on the left." And one, and this was in the fifties. And one guy wrote, "Well, the quarter on the left was." in Maryland, you know, is in Maryland, was in Maryland, Monroe's purse. Mm. So you're buying it and, and, oh my God. And, and he says, you could also devalue the coin on the right by saying the one on the right was in Jeffrey Dahmer's pocket, you know, or, or <laughs> something like that. And I, I mean, think about that for a minute. It's, it also illustrates the, the value of subjective. And that's not well understood. And if you don't understand that, you go down a lot of rabbit holes that make no sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're both quarters. But now one's got a backstory. (laughs) 
a backstory. Need the backstory. Got to get the backstory. Yep. Good, st- good stuff. But yeah, no, I, I, and I, I do, I do love that one. All right. So let's, let's see if we can get to, to number six here before we get to the end of our break uh, the, I, I, and here's the ma- magic logic. The problem with logic is that it kills off magic, yeah. right? This over, over reliance on logical examples to things that kill off magic. And you talked a little bit about, I think the example, the placebo effect and the story I remember from from the book on this was the one, and we we actually talked about this. I, I forget whether it was on Free Rider Friday or a bonus episode because I, I wrote this down. There was an example of it, but he he was talking about the the um, the 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 FDA of Canada, whatever that is. Right, right. right? Were killjoys because they were marketing this one drug that it was this was the, it was a, an analgesic for back pain. The other one was for arthritis. The other one was for headache. Right. The other was and. They they were different. They were all the same. They were all the same, the same formulaically. But, they were but, the actual for, formulaically the same, but they had different prices on them, right? And you know the F, the whatever the agency in Canada is like, you can't. That's ridiculous. You can't do this. Forgetting that the placebo effect actually they were they were hurting people by doing that because he, as he puts it, you know sometimes I have a you know a fifty nine cent headache. Sometimes I have a three dollar and fifty nine cent headache. Yep. Right? No, that's exactly and right. I need the placebo effect that this is special, t- formulated, targeted for, for my headache. Yes. Yeah. Right. We, we, we intri- well, I don't want to say intrinsically, but we value things more that we think do one thing really well. Mm-hmm. He brings up the Swiss Army knife. He says, you know, if you do have a Swiss Army knife, he says, I bet you only use it when nothing else is handy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is probably true because it's probably in your suitcase when you're in a hotel and you have no other tools to use. But if you had other things, you'd pick up the right tool. You mm-hmm. wouldn't go to a Swiss Army knife. No. Yeah. No, no I think that, that. that's a that's a great point. Here's the line, Eddie says, you can never be fired for being logical. It's much easier to be fired for being illogical than for being unimaginative. That's brilliant. It is. It is. And some of the brilliance of, of Rory Sutherland, we're up against our next break, folks. So we do want to remind you that we love your reviews. So if you could get out to iTunes or any of the other places where you listen to your podcast, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever we are available, just drop us a review. Rate, ratings are great. We love the ratings. Don't get us wrong. So click on those ratings. But uh, just a one, two-line review. Really appreciate that. We should probably wrap uh, this the show up. We did get a new review this time, Ron. So we'll probably get that to the end of the end of the that toward the end of the show. Uh, but right now, a word from our sponsor. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the foreword changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the foreword to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. 
The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're supposed to be here with Rory Sutherland, but he didn't make it, So, uh, which is great because that just means that we're going to get him on some future show, Ed, hopefully soon. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, I know August is a big uh, vacation month in the UK, so it might not be this month, but uh, <laughs> we'll yeah. try and get him on as soon as possible. But, uh, you know, just on that, we left off on, uh, Rory, we're talking about Rory's rules of alchemy, and there's 11 of them, and we left off on number six, which is the problem with logic is it kills off magic. And <laughs> there's so many examples, Ed, and they're all interdependent, so you can almost talk about any example he brings up, and it'll you can, you know, pull something from one of the rules. But um, I just love this. He says, GPS is dogmatic and presumptuous because there's no context, you know, uh, but yet it's, it's highly efficient. It's just what an engineer or, you know, an accountant, they just love because it's just perfect. It's spot on. But, you know, how many times do you ignore your GPS because it doesn't, you know, get you the most scenic route or whatever? Um, that was a point he made. And another point that he made he said, you know, for a business to be customer focused, you've got to ignore what people say and concentrate on what people feel. And I love this point. Food and beer, he says, have become remarkably inefficient. He said, otherwise, we could just pop, you know, supplemental pills, right, and get our dietary need. But look how much the, of, of the um, experience that surrounds food. Right. Right. The socialness, the gathering, the, you know, it's, 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 it's not efficient at all. And it doesn't have to be, and it shouldn't be. We've mm-hmm. made it less efficient. And I just love that point. And logic would not get you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, logic ignores a whole bunch. And there's actually more to be said on that. Um, my, this, this next one, Ron, I, I really love, and it, it, it connects to another show that we've had about someone's work. But uh, n- number six, is it six or seven? Sorry, seven. Or seven, seven. Seven on the list, right? So a good guess which stands up to observation is still science. So is a lucky accident. <laughs> and, and the story that he tells, and I'm just going to read directly from Rory's book here, uh, because he's quoting Richard Feynman. We did a whole show on Richard Feynman right. and, and, and his, some of his great quotes. But he says this, in a lecture in 1964, describing his method. So this is Feynman's method. I'm now quoting Feynman. In general... We look for a new law by the following process. First, we guess it. Then we compute the consequences of the guess to see what, if this law we guess is right, to see what it would imply. And then we compare that computation to results. Experience, compare it directly with observations to see if it works. In that simple simple statement is the key to science. If it doesn't make any difference, oh, I'm sorry. It doesn't make any difference how beautiful your guess is. It doesn't matter how smart you are, who made the guess, what his name is. If it disagrees with the experiment, it's wrong. That's all there is to it. Yep. Yep. That's great. And I, and he, 
he just recounts example after example. And I've read a lot of these before about how, how many great innovations came from just, you know, serendipity, penicillin, mm-hmm. the microwave, uh, radar. I get there, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, science is not, it is kind of like bumbling. It can be accidental. Yes. And he makes, I love, he, he also makes the distinction, and this is going back to the analgesics, is that there is, a, in science, there's a difference between solving a problem and understanding the results. Right. Right. right? And he talks about aspirin as the example of that, right? He's a, we, we used aspirin long before we, under, we, understood, we, we understood how it worked. We had no idea how it was worked. Right? Yep. We, we, know, we know it worked. So sometimes we actually don't even have to understand. And I think that's another mistake that many business people make is this notion of, well, we have to understand what the, why the, we got the results that we did. Well, we did. no. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it just it just worked. It just worked. And, and, and there are so many examples of this. He says, you know, if you want people to uh, change your behavior and you know recycle, to to take an example, um, you know, you don't have to turn them into environmental zealots. Mm-hmm. Get, it doesn't matter why they're recycling as long as they're recycling. He he, and he brings up well, <laughs> and I love this. He's talking about um, he was talking about religion. Uh, as another example, you, you know, if religion makes people live longer, um, uh, what's he say? Um, he says, you know, he points out all the salutary effects of religion. People have better health. They have less poverty, less crime. Divorce rate is lower. They're married. They're happier. They recover from illnesses quicker. They live longer lives. And I love this, Ed. This is, this is a brilliant synergy of this he says if the above results came from a trial of a new drug (laughs) we we'd go nuts for it right we'd be lined up for it he says just because we don't know why it works we should not be blind to the fact that it does Mm -hmm. and he talks about vaping if vaping gets people away from smoking then that's a great thing yeah no, but they, but there, how many, how many places are now banning the vaping in, no, in I, the interest of it's, it's for the children. For the children. He even talks about that, doesn't he? Right. He yeah, says, he does. well, because the people cite the statistics, well, you know, t- 5% of children are vaping or whatever, whatever the number is. He's like, yeah, 99% of them were smoking. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> moved to vaping. So isn't that progress? Shouldn't That's we, progress. You know, yep. Could we okay with that? Right. All right. Um, number eight on his list is test counterintuitive things only because no one else will. Oh, yes. An extraordinarily sound piece of advice, right? Test counter counterintuitive things often because no one else will. And I really do love this, this, this notion of, of, you know, giving a set, this, this, uh, a learning failure, a learned failure. How often have we, we heard that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Far too few businesses are willing to take that learning failure. Um, you know, the, the best thing that we have right now is is A-B testing, right? And I think that that has come a long way, at least it allows us to test two different things. But, you know, ca- test these counterintuitive things, that requires real courage in business people. Yeah, and, and it, one of the things that he talks a lot about throughout the book is just, you know, why and how Red Bull became so successful when people literally said, during focus groups after tasting it, I wouldn't drink this piss if you paid me to, <laughs> you know, he says it tastes weird. It, it, you know, it looks like it comes in a concentrated can. It, it violates every rule of mm-hmm. logic, but <laughs> you know, if they, if they had only 
it, it, if they didn't test it because it was so counterintuitive, it would have never been the brand that it has become. Right, right. What was the? I think he says in one of his talks. Well, you know, if you're going to go compete, compete with Coke, how about how about that? How about this is your your Harvard Business case study? Let's make it taste disgusting, Think. charge more for it, and put it in a small and give them less of it. Yep, that'll work. <laughs> yep, yeah, it's just so funny. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let, let's see if we can get through number nine here, and then we'll have some time to talk about some other things in the closing segment. So, solving problems rationally is like playing golf with only one club. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that too. I just love that. Yeah. I, I, and I guess Ed, one of the things that explains it is that equation that seven times one doesn't equal one times seven. Yeah. What, why don't you, why don't you, expl- no, you explain, I, I think- you know, well, the, the, you know, mathematically seven times one does, you know, obviously equals one times seven, but seven people paying for something once isn't the same as one person paying for something seven times. Mm-hmm. And he points out, and, and this is brilliant. Amazon can be big selling one thing to 47 people or 47 million, you know, pick your number, right? But if it can't sell 47 things to one person, there's a ceiling on how large it can become. And, but just looking at the numbers, you wouldn't intuit that you wouldn't get right. that from the numbers. Right now, just, and so it's, it's uh, like using one golf club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, 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 the story that I liked, I think it was in this section was he, he, uh, he called a, the, a company's support center and he said it was the experience was just great. You know, they were knowledgeable. They knew what they, the charming, you know, and, and it turns out that they were a customer of Rory. So he, he asked, I guess, one of the people that he interacted with, why, what makes their, their phone people so good? And the response, he said, well, to be perfectly honest, we probably overpay them. Right. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> right. And then, but he goes on to say, and then, you know, but he, and I love this line, modern capitalism dictates that it will only be a matter of time before some beady eyed consultant, uh, consultant pitches at their boardroom with a PowerPoint presentation entitled right sizing customer service uh, costs through offshoring and resource management. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <clears throat> And, and on that too, just another, and maybe this doesn't fit perfectly into this number nine one of, of playing golf with only one club, but I, I thought it was a good point because you know, like we said, economists don't think branding is very rational, right? right? But he gives the example, and I'd never thought of this or really read this anywhere. He gives the example of the hoverboard. Now, the hoverboard was a really cool innovation, but it kind of flopped because there was no one brand that really took responsibility for constantly improving it and giving people a safe choice. So when you went to the market for a hoverboard, you didn't know which one to buy. Right. You know, some of them caught on fire when they were recharging or whatever. It was the lack of branding that killed the innovation. Mm-hmm. And that that's not very rational, but we looked to brands to help us make decisions so something sucks least <laughs> you yes. know at least if i buy a sony tv i know it's not going to suck right because right. sony's you got go, a you, reputation and blah 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 he goes back to that that what he calls heuristics right brand brands are right. a shortcut and there's and and we don't i think this is in the first ever talk that i saw him him give it's like well when i when i'm asked you know which which is your preferred coffee you know starbucks or pete's or whatever seattle's best 
He says, there's no reason to have one. one. Yeah. There's no reason to have a, a favorite brand of coffee. What we do is we have an acceptable threshold, right? It's like having a fake favorite steakhouse. We, we, don't have to have we have acceptable portfolio of brands. Yeah, we have a, we have yeah, a portfolio yeah. of acceptable things that, 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 hey, this, yes, that would, if I, if I see either one of those, I'll take it. It's not now, and I probably not go out of my way one for the other. Right. 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 There, there might so, be one that you would not accept no matter what, even if it correct. was the only way you could get, but you, you, you probably have other brands in your portfolio that are acceptable. I think that's certainly true with hotels. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Especially when you're traveling. Um, do we have time? Yeah, we have a couple of minutes. How about number 10? <laughs> Dare to be trivial. Audio's out. Oh, dare to dare to be trivial is 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 his tenth one, and uh, boy, this one, Ed. <laughs> There's so many examples that you could that you could um, bring up on this one. I don't even know where to start. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it it's a, it's it's tough. So I, you know, let's why don't we let uh, we, run to our break here. We'll we'll ch we'll chat about it on the on the way, right? Okay. All right. So just a last reminder that you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. And of course, the website, The Soul of Enterprise, where you can see show notes and previews to upcoming shows. We will certainly post Rory's, uh, Rory's 11 Rules of Alchemy out there, as well as some of the stories that we're talking about. But right now, a word from our sponsor and my employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about Roy Sutherland's book, Alchemy, and the subtitle, I guess depending on which version you have, Ed, because I think uh, my subtitle is different than this, but The Surprising Power of Ideas, which don't make sense. <laughs> and it was published in uh, March of this year, but my, my title, my subtitle is different, so I don't know if, it, if it's a UK-US title thing that could be, oh, okay. or yeah. If, yeah. if they changed it, maybe. 
Um, but his 10th rule, and these are Rory's rules of alchemy that we're going through, and there's 11 of them. The 10th rule is dare to be trivial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is uh, the example that I'll, I'll cite from the book here is he, he talks about water tastes of nothing. Yes. So we notice the smallest deviation in taste. And, and he says, what's amazing about this, you can do this with, with young kids, right? All, all the way up. They're the ones who's taste everything. And I can remember being a kid and, you know, you, you can take, if you're a kid and you're expecting a drink to be something and it's even slightly different, right. whatever you, whatever you drink is the grossest thing you've ever put in your mouth. Right. Right. Cause that expectation. And you know, that, that, that of course is, it, it seems like a trivial thing, just a squeeze of lemon, a squeeze of lime or whatever. But if it's not what you're expecting, not what you're used to, it's going to taste very different. He, he, he says, of course, this, this is, it's, this is irrational, right? He says, but, but it's, it's about survival, right? right? Evolutionary uh, ev- purposes. Ev- purposes. It, it was, it, yeah. It, right. And, and we then, had to know it, that, Hey, this is, this, this water tastes funny and it could be diseased or whatever. And the, and the younger you are, the more important it is that you reject it quickly. Right. 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 Because of the size of your body. But, <laughs> and then he's got this line and I think it's in this section, but it's a throwaway line, but it's, it's, it's one of the laugh out loud lines from the book. So I'll have to say, he goes, if rationality, rationality were valuable in evolutionary terms, accountants would be sexy. Male right. strippers dress as firemen, not, not accountants. accountants. <laughs> yep. Bravery is sexy, but rationality isn't. <laughs> Yep. And, and he goes on and, you know, he quote, he quotes that line from Keynes. It's, you know, it's better to be vaguely right and precisely wrong. But the point is that evolution seems to agree with that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, sometimes we don't have to know why it just, it's because it's the right thing. It, yep. it works. It <laughs> That's works. why it works. It, why, uh, why, why, it just works. Well, I mean, it works. Yep. You know, he talks about, and I found this fascinating too, and this is kind of, this is kind of the same thing, but it's a little bit more, grander than just being trivial but the idea of psychophysics Mm. i found fascinating because he talks about psychological you know innovation or psychological alchemy talks about even semantical right Mm -hmm. alchemy just using different words can can change your focus change how you feel about something how you approach something Mm -hmm. um i gave an example what was it some somebody served something and after they, it, 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 it was beautifully written, you know, this is very succulent or whatever. And the person ate it and the professor said, see, I serve words too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and a, a bit of a side note, but, but from that same section, I, I thought it was like the, 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 the way that restaurants can kill their menus is by putting pictures, pictures. of food. Yep. Worst thing that you can do. I mean, yep. talk about like, where would you get that logically cheapens the value? Yeah. Yep. You, you, a, a description works great, you know, right. lots of adjectives, succulent, you know, whatever, but yeah, pictures, pictures cheapen it. I, I love the, he talked about the Boeing uh, seven, eight, seven, the dreamliner and something we both flow on, but you know, the psychophysics in that thing are kind of amazing. I mean, first off, mm-hmm. there's the lighting, there's the pressurization, which is real, but, it, it's also, it's got a, and I didn't know this, it, it's got a very spacious entry when you walk through the door, mm-hmm. but the thing is actually 16 inches narrower than a triple seven airplane. Mm-hmm. But when you get in there, you think it's wider. I did. I thought this yeah. is wider than a triple seven. It's not. Yeah. 
it's a yep. foot, you know, foot and something less. So that's yeah. really interesting. Um, just, you know, again, it's what we pay attention to and what we focus on. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. The last and final one, Ron, is if there were no, if there were a logical answer, we would have found it. Yeah. <laughs> and man, this, this one really cuts the chase. Kind of is the, is the closed parentheses on the earlier one about logic. In fact, when we were talking about that one, I almost cited, cited this as an example of that. And then I realized, oh no, it's its own separate Separate rule. Separate thing, right, right. <laughs> separate rule for alchemy. But if, if there were a logical answer, we would have found it. You know, and this goes back to my thinking, and of course, the only time I've ever been quoted in Harvard Business Review, business ain't science. Yeah. Right. If it were a formula, if business were a formula, and we could just plug the values in, every firm would work. We would know what to do. It would be hard. And, it, and it's, it's demonstrably not the case but yet everybody behaves and acts as though it's it is. not. <laughs> I know. I, it, you know, and, and, and to me, it's that materialist spiritual distinction, you know, building bridges, building a boat, building a plane. Yeah, we can do that with practically 100% certainty that all those things will work because they're material. But you can't say the same thing about launching a business or a marriage or for that matter, having a child. The child could go off the rails. You could do everything right and the, the kid could go off the rails. Mm-hmm. And because humans are spiritual. And uh, yeah, I just love what he, what he kind of opened the book with that. He said in the middle ages, we had too many alchemists and not enough scientists. Now it's the other way around. Alchemy is the science of knowing what economists are wrong about. <laughs> I love that. And, yeah. and yeah, economists take a beating in this book as does efficiency as does a lot of things. So yeah, definitely yeah. worth reading. Yeah. And the whole efficiency and, and my favorite line on that, and this is where I'll leave it. We'll, we'll, but uh, the, the, the theory that the free markets are principally about maximizing efficiency, but in truth, free markets are not efficient at all. Mm-hmm. Admiring, admiring capitalism for its efficiency is it like admiring Bob Dylan for his singing voice. It's <laughs> <laughs> to hold a healthy opinion for an entirely ridiculous reason. Yeah, I, I love what he says, I think, in the zeitgeist talk he gave, where he says, I'm not a devotee of efficient markets. I'm a devotee of cool markets. I think the markets cool do markets cool hypothesis. things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, cool markets hypothesis. Yeah. All right, Ron. Well, we will. We will. Disappointing to have Ron on, uh, Rory not on the show, but I'm sure we will be able to get him at some future date. And the, for whatever reason, our calendars didn't sync up. We'll make that correction and we'll be off. And, and what will, will be good is that we'll have two shows about this stuff because um, as, as you and I said, said the last time, all we have to do is, is say, hey, Rory, and just kind of let him go. And just go. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. What's and, your elevator and, pitch for this book? And that'll be the whole show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to interrupt him every 15 minutes to say, hey, we need to take a break. A break. Um, but he is a fantastic guest. And I look forward to that conversation because he's so inf- insightful and is constantly thinking about new and better ways of positing some of his theories that I just love and seeing him develop the ideas. They're right. Just, and just and with great humility. Because yes. like he says in this book, you know, hey, a lot of the stuff I'm writing about in this book could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Which is yep. great. Yep. Yep. Good stuff. All right, Ron. Well, before we wrap up, we wanted to to to, to thank uh, one of our listeners for a review out on iTunes. So I uh, oh, want to talk a little bit about that. And this uh, came to us July 29th. Really appreciate this from MU Redskin 86. 
So, oh boy, know. that's a loaded name. Yeah, that is a loaded <laughs> name. That's a, but we're no, but you know, we're not about political correctness on this show, anyways. So. Right. True. Right. And and uh, this is a this is his review. He says from Peter Drucker to Father Sirico to George Gilder and many others, there is something to learn from every single single podcast. I'm late to the party and have started at the beginning. The Goldilocks pricing strategy is already paying off. And of course, this is interesting because there was a, an argument on LinkedIn, I think, this week about Goldilocks pricing. And this review came in and I thought, well, so there, this guy, the, whoever this was. But hey, thank you, MU Redskin86, for the review. We really appreciate that. And really would love if those of you out there who are listening to the show now would just, you know, hit, if you're listening on iTunes, just pause, jump over again. One, two, three sentences. That's really what we need, and we're happy to. to I would, I would be happy to run to do an entire show of reading reviews. Yeah, we, no, that'd be that wonderful. Would be, that would be fun. <laughs> that'd be fun. Well, awesome. So, well, Ed, we'll try and get. Uh, we'll reconnect with Rory, and we'll try and get him on in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think, as PA said in one of the emails, that he's taken some time off this month too. So. It may be right. next month, but um, maybe even yeah. next week. Let's hope so. All right. Well, I'll see you in your 167 hours, Ron. Sounds good. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. Join us next week, folks, on Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, check out the show notes at thesoulofenterprise.com. We'll post the uh, 11 rules of uh, Rory's alchemy uh, that we discussed today. And also, if you want to contact Ed or myself, you can do so at asktsoe at verisage.com. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great weekend. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.